Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 108 in Edmonton. Welcome back to the show. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place where tonight the Edmonton Oilers take on the Washington Capitals. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and his staff at Digitex, trusted by 630 Chid. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. In this hour, Washington Capitals analyst and friend of the show, Alan May, coming up in 29 seconds' time. And Brian Burke at 135 today. For our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Do you want to tell you? The guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and now out in Sherwood Park. To the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Pleased to be joined by Al May. Al, how are you? Okay. Are you good? You doing good? Yeah, doing great. Always better after a win. Always better after a win. Uh, well, uh, so much to get to. Hey, just before we get to the Caps and how they played and that sort of thing, we just had Louis DeBrusque on, and he mentioned that in his one of his first uh, preseason games as a pro, he locked horns with you, and you kind of had a uh, a little a little bit of a crazed look in your face. And he he talked about how great of a fighter you were and how you fought above your weight class. Do you remember that stare down with Louis DeBrusque? I don't think you guys actually ended up uh, being able to drop the flippers there because the linesman jumped in. But you recall that? Yeah, I do. It was in Albany, New York. It was the very first pro hockey game ever there in a brand new arena, and I was playing for the Caps. Louis was at the Rangers, and that summer. It felt like the Rangers, after we had dismantled them in the playoffs physically and, and with the John Drews playoffs, is that we, uh, they traded for every tough guy there was. Uh, in hockey, it felt like they drafted tough guys, they signed tough guys. And we went into that game, and I was going through, I didn't know who a lot of the guys were, and there was like 13, 14 different guys to fight. And our director, player, of personnel, uh, Craig Button, Todd Button, Dad, Jack Button, said lefty righty throws it both he's a hugger you know he's going to step on a banana peel this is the toughest guy and the toughest guy was louie i said well i'll just fight him first and then i won't have to fight the rest of them so after that uh right off the bat i think i hit the goalie or bumped into the goalie something like that and then louie and i dropped gloves and the refs jumped in and i ended up with two goals that game got first star and didn't have to fight anyone because i went after the toughest guy and the rest of the guys just took the back seat all night to louis yeah uh, and, he, uh, he scored in that that's game the way, that's the way i remember it. yeah he scored in that game too so you guys both uh, didn't end up dropping the flippers and did some different type of scoring 
Well, it's because he, everyone was probably scared of him and every, on the one team, and it was a preseason roster, and everyone was probably scared of me on the other team for going after Louis. So it's funny how the preseason works with things like that back in the day. And normally those games that have anywhere between 10, 10 and 20 fights at a time. And you know, I, I think I was number number. I think I was second in the league. I was most fighting majors that year, and I was second in the league in penalty minutes. Uh, so you know, you get some respect when you when you do that. So I think that just kind of took care of. It. And Louie and I were able to play like uh, Yari Curry and and uh, Glenn Anderson the rest of the night. There you go. Uh, tell me about uh, all right. So we've had you on a couple times. So obviously the Afterglow of winning uh, the Stanley Cup championship. Does it still? I mean, even though it's been a few months, does it kind of seem surreal, or was it just? In the back of your mind, was it a matter of time that this was going to happen for the Capitals group? Because there weren't underlying numbers to suggest that, you, you know, the Capitals were any more suited to win last year than maybe the two previous years where the club actually won more games. Well, I was worried, just worried about them making the playoffs because there was such a massive roster change where you got rid of, you know, six regulars. And there were guys that were big guys in the power play, big guys in the penalty kill. Uh, a very good defenseman, two really good defensemen, a Schmidt and Shat and Kirk. And I just thought, man, they get putting all these young kids in there. They didn't sign any vets, although they, Alex Chason earned a contract in training camp, but he was in and out of the lineup at the time. And I was just thinking, God. And then, but I think that what happened when it's all said and done is Obi had no one detracting from him. There was no one whining about ice time, and everyone fell. In. They had guys that were soldiers and guys that were leaders, and everyone finally, for the first time ever, and they had health and they had luck. They followed their leader, and Ovechkin did such a good job because he didn't have anyone going in different directions in the room. And the young players, all of them contributed. They had you know, five, six rookies a game that were just playing their hearts out and listening and hanging on every word and every action of Ovechkin and Backstrom. And Kuznetsov just went to the next level. And it was just a perfect storm. And it was just so incredible to see. So if you would have bet me, you would have bet anyone that the Washington Capitals would have won the Stanley Cup in the desert in Las Vegas against the Golden Knights. There was no one that would have, everyone would have thought you're crazy and they'd all taken your money and you would have made a boatload out of it if you were smart enough or could see the future like that because it, it was so improbable, yet it was amazing. It's still somewhat surreal, and I, I still can't believe my uh, former team won the Cup. I'm very happy because it was just an incredible time. Well, there was a great picture yesterday that you put out by your Twitter account, Al, of your dad wearing your ring. That was pretty cool. Todd Reardon replacing Barry Trotz. I know you're quite respectful of the work that Trotz did. This guy's won a lot of games for a couple different organizations. Now he's trying to turn around the Islanders' fortunes. Todd Reardon uh, basically finished up his career playing for Todd McClellan. Tell me about uh, Todd Reardon as a coach. Well, Todd has grown a lot as a coach. Uh, I coach against him in the American League. Uh, you know, he, he had some sex, success with Pittsburgh, but... Uh, he learned a lot from Barry Trotz about structure and accountability, and then he's brought his own thought. He's, he's an incredibly detailed and technical coach. Uh, defensemen are lucky to have him as an assistant coach and certainly now as a head coach. But he's a tactician. Uh, he's taken the power play to the next level with what he did as an assistant coach last year. And he you know, was already a great power play with Blaine Forsythe working it from the days of Bruce Boudreau. But he's an incredible communicator. Uh, he's today's kind of coach. He knows how to speak to the players. Uh, he's always trying something new, and, and I, I have a, a ton of respect for what he's been able to do as an assistant coach and associate coach, and, and now as a head coach, he's, he's still getting the best of the players, and he hasn't beaten them up on the tough games that they've had this year, knowing that it's going to take a little while before they really get their A game back because they lost out on about 
two months of physical training that they normally do during the off season. Well, and he's a former Oiler, so that's never a bad thing because he had a cup of coffee with Edmonton uh, in 98-99, played 17 games for the team that season. Edmonton made the playoffs that year, lost to, oh, yeah, the Dallas Stars. Uh, we're joined right now by Al May. Al, um, I'm looking at the numbers. The, the Caps are leading the NHL in goal scoring. Uh, but they're 24th in goals against. Holpe's at an 8.85 save percentage. Uh, Phoenix Copley's at uh, 8.73. Those are not great numbers. So tell me, I mean, is it has has Holpe maybe played better than he started this year, or are the numbers deceiving, or what's going on there in goal? Well, the numbers are deceiving because you look at the opening night, he gets a shutout uh, against Boston. The next night, they go into Pittsburgh on a back-to-back, and I didn't see anyone block a shot. I didn't see anyone wrap a stick up or front anyone in front of Holby. And you're playing Pittsburgh, who's got a lot of dynamic goal scorers. And so he, he lets in, you know, seven during that game. Then they go back. He, he, he plays lights out the next game against Boston. That Copley, unfortunately, gets a game against New Jersey where he was spectacular but still let in six goals. That's how bad the team they weren't in, they, you know they weren't blocking shots their their physical play still wasn't there yet and then uh, the team played the worst period I've seen so far this year of any team in the league uh, against Florida this past Friday night I hope he you know was victimized for four and I think 17 shots that were maybe from point blank range every shot was a scoring chance so Hopey has still been good Copley's been he's fine uh, I, I liked him in relief in the New Jersey game or, or the Florida Panther game. So I think it's just a matter of the teams. Everyone's got to get in sync. The D, the forward, the physical commitment's got to get back. Last game in Vancouver, Holpe was wonderful. The team battled for pucks. Holpe started to hit parade to start the game. They back-checked better that game. They forechecked better. They possessed the puck so much better than they had. So they're just starting, I think, to get into their real game shape because you know a lot of players didn't get to start working out until, say, the second or third week of June, whereas a lot of times they were working out you know start of May in the past with you know all the, all the playoff disasters so i think they're still getting their legs under them and they're starting to realize that they're now the defending stanley cup champs and everyone's giving them their a game for those you know to play against the defending team it's not just ovechkin they're playing against now it's now it's all of the washington capitals uh, because they won the cup so they, they've still got to realize that a little bit but they're not quite to where they want to be, but they're getting closer. We're joined by Capitals broadcaster Al May, of course, had a cup of coffee with the Edmonton Oilers and wheeled himself to the National Hockey League, and uh, he racked up the minutes and fought everybody. You talked about Kuznetsov, because he did take his game supersonic gin and tonic last year in the playoffs. I mean, he's, he's kind of had a strange last three years. He came in here... Uh, you know, a couple years ago against the Oilers and just lit Edmonton up, had a three-goal, five-point performance. Uh, a bit of a dip in 16-17, just 59 points. Uh, last year, 83 points and even better in the playoffs. I mean, that's quite a one-two punch down the middle with Kuznetsov and Baxter, which is not to take anything away from Lars Eller. He's an effective third-line center. But those, to- those top two guys, basically the Capitals have two first lines, Al. Well, they absolutely do. And when you get back to Kuznetsov, he came over here as a winger, learned how to play D as a centerman, and, and wanted to play great defense. I remember that first game against McDavid a few years ago. He put on a show and outpointed McDavid in that one. And then he kind of went back. And then last year, you know, he, he was somewhat inconsistent, even though he had all the points. But in the playoffs, he realized that there's a responsibility to be in the first-line center. And it's that you have to be the best player for your team every game. You've got to out-duel the other team's best players. You play the Pittsburgh Penguins, you've got to outduel Crosby and Malkin. 
and you, you go against Tampa, you've got to outduel Stamkos and, and, you know, company. And then to the finals, it wasn't the same. It was a lot easier. But I believe he now realizes how important it is for him to give his A-plus effort every night. And then the one-two punch if he and Backstrom, you know, most power plays don't have one quarterback. The Capitals have two elite players that are throwing curveballs at every team out there on the penalty kill and just decimating them. And they have so many options and read. It's like they're Tom Brady as an NFL quarterback picking defenses apart. But not just one guy, two guys. So that one-two punch, five-on-five has been spectacular on the power play. They've just been decimating teams lately. All right. Well, a big story, as you know, here in Edmonton today is that it looks like Yessa Pugliarvi is going to be a healthy scratch. Uh, the Capitals, Yessa Pugliarvi is 20. I would assert to you, Al, that from game 25 to game 60 last year, he's pretty good. He didn't have a good conclusion to the He's basically got two goals in about his last 25 NHL games. You know where I'm going. The Capitals have a player that played with Connor McDavid in Erie in 13-14, Andre Burakovsky. Uh, he has scored 17 and then 12 and 12 goals the last three years. He's now 23 years of age. He's playing on the fourth line right now for Washington. Uh, does not have a point in eight games this season and is minus seven. Are these the typical trials and tribulations of young players, or is there a bit of a conundrum um, in terms of dealing with Burakovsky here in this Capitals organization as they try to uh, have Vrana and Burakovsky eventually end up in their top nine? Well, Puljavari, I think, is, is different because he's so young still. And, you know, he, he's coming to another country. He's got to learn the language still. And I, I don't know where he's at in that. But, you know, he, he's obviously a confidence player. Borakovsky's had a lot more time. He's been in North, North America a, a lot longer. And, unfortunately, most of last year he struggled because, he, you know, he, everything was predicated on him getting goals and, and shots in his mind, scoring chances. And he realized late in the year that it's the other things that matter. Uh, at the start of this season, he hasn't gotten the offense going. He's had a couple of uh, tough games. But the last game, even though he was fourth line, was the best he managed the puck. He played physically through a couple of huge body checks. He got to the net. Uh, he's lightning fast. Uh, he probably tries the same shot too many times over and over. Uh, he's got to change up some of his game around the net as far as shot selection, the way to shoot areas to get to. But he's a phenomenal talent. And, you know, if you, if you said he was on the Evans and Oilers playing with Connor McDavid like he was in Erie, you know, Connor's the fastest. Right behind him, right there, is going to be Andre Burakovsky. He's lightning fast. He's just got to figure out when to go, when not to go. And, you know, he, like I said, he's a confidence player. He's a guy that kind of gets in his own way confidence-wise. Do you think he's a player that well, they'd consider moving? You know what? At some point, you know, he, he, he gets paid a good chunk of change right now. And at some point, he's got to start putting up numbers. And, you know, they've got a great, you know, they've got chemistry, obviously, in that locker room, in their dressing room, with the players there. But the guys love him. He's a you know, big part of it. But, you know, at some point, someone makes you an offer on him. Uh, you've got to seriously consider, especially if it's something you want. So, you know, if I'm another team and I'm looking at the Capitals and I see a guy like him, I'm thinking I can try to steal that guy out of there and I'm going to make the Caps look bad in the trade. He's the guy you definitely want to go after because, you know, he, he, he's got to play behind Ovechkin. He's got to play behind Oshie, you know, whether he's left wing or right wing. Jacob Braun is younger than him and had a better year last year, a better playoffs. Uh, so, you know, J- Jake's a lightning fast player himself. So, you know, opportunity. So if the team said, well, we'll, we'll play him on the top two lines, guaranteed every night and see what he's got, uh, I think he'd make the Caps look bad by letting him go because he's got that much talent. And I think he's got a lot of untapped potential. It's just, you know, sometimes a, a change of scenery, but. I don't think they're ready to give up on him yet. Al, great stuff. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see you down here at the rink tonight. 
Yep, take care. Thank you. That's Al May uh, out of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. NBC in Washington, longtime Capitals broadcaster and former Capitals player. 122 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 126 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place. Edmonton hosting Washington tonight. Braden Holtby against Camp Talbot. That's a goaltending matchup. Let's go around the NHL. It is brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear, here's Brendan Escott. Ten games on the schedule tonight, of course, including the Oilers, the Habs out in Buffalo, the Flames entertaining the Penguins, and the Canucks playing Arizona down in the desert. Tonight, uh, Oilers coverage on 6.30, Chet. It begins with the face-off show at 5.30. Puck drop with Jack and Bob at 7 p.m. Vegas Golden Knights signed defenseman Nate Schmidt to a six-year contract extension worth more uh, worth $35.7 million, a $5.95 million cap hit, currently serving a 20-game suspension for a banned substance and won't be back until November 18th. Senators D-man uh, Matt Borwiecki, there you go, Bob, was, handed a, you yeah, got it. Yep. was handed a one-game suspension for that elbowing incident on Euro Vakaninen, who was concussed on the play. The Sens recalled Christian Wolanin, Wolanin to uh, to take a spot on the back end. See, I, I get one right, I messed the other up. <laughs> yeah, Christian Wolanin's dad, Craig Wolanin, was a defenseman with the New Jersey Devils back in the day, but that's all right. Good job. There you go. So, Blues defender Robert Bertuzzo placed on the IR with a lower body injury. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Hurricanes recalled uh, Scott Dar- Darling from his AHL conditioning stint. They haven't sent either of their other goalies down yet, though, so currently rolling with three. Bruins recalled defenseman Jeremy Lozon from the AHL on an emergency basis, uh, replacing Kevin Miller, who was on the IR this morning. And finally, Devils forward Brian Boyle says his cancer is in remission. He was diagnosed with a form of leukemia last September, Bob. Edmonton Oil Kings in Kootenai on Friday. Saturday night, they host Kirby Dock and the Saskatoon Blades at Rogers Place. Sunday, they host Dylan Cousins and the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Both Cousins and Dock expected to go in the top eight of the NHL draft. It's 128 in Edmonton. Up next, Brian Burke after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.